Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Tricky Takes podcast. Uh, here today, we're going to be talking about the uh, the really good Super Bowl that we all just watched this weekend. And, uh, you know, like normal, my co-host, Austin. What up? And Billy are here with me today. What's up? So, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it, boys. Uh, a great game between the Chiefs and the Eagles there. Uh, I thought the Eagles had it in the first half, but, man, they kind of fell apart there in the end, didn't they? Had us in the I, first half, not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. I also love that Billy is in full Nick Merckx mode right now. Can only see as this Just man's forehead. forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that from anywhere. I was going to say, he does have quite a large forehead, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a fantastic game. Um, really both quarterbacks sh- showed that they are everything that people have been saying they are in a good way. Um, obviously people slander Jalen Hurts a little too much. And, uh, I think he proved all the, the doubters wrong in, in this Super Bowl performance he had, uh, really other than that, like fumble, that was a scoop and score for the. Uh, Chiefs, he played uh, a way to, to do nothing wrong, really, other than that. that And that was quite the blunder, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah, even yeah. his 50-50 balls he was throwing up, like, it seemed like every one of them came down in an Eagles player's hands. You know, most notably, obviously, that A.J. Brown touchdown. Uh, that was a huge play early in the game to uh, really get the momentum rolling for the Eagles. Yeah, first half, I mean, it wasn't looking very good for the Chiefs, especially after Mahomes looked like he re-injured that ankle. Uh, He got the magic juice at the half. But, I mean, I think the big thing this really came down to, I thought overall Philly was slightly more talented. Uh, But Kansas City obviously showed that they had the better coaching staff, uh, especially with the adjustments made in the second half, as well as, you know, all these motions we saw them run, you know, one to Sky Moore, one to uh, Kadarius Tony. That's something that they saw the Eagles struggle with throughout the year earlier on and uh, kind of picked that apart and Philly never adjusted to it. So I think, you know, Eric Biennemi and, and Andy Reid, as, as good of a game as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in the offense played, you know, that was – elite performance by them really to make those adjustments did you see what that play call is in the the chiefs offense the one where they have the the motion that they score both those touchdowns on it's corn dog no it's corn dog it's corn dog i saw the video um like the the like an interviewer asking andy Reid that and andy Reid's like yeah we call it corn dog and the interviewer's like Ha ha ha, no, seriously. And Andy Reid's like, yes, seriously. And then the interviewer says, but what does Pat Mahomes say in the huddle? Like when he calls it, and Andy Reid goes, corn dog. Corn dog. <laughs> and yeah. this just proves corn dogs are better than Philly cheesesteaks. I think uh, you got to kind of drop your mic on that one. It worked uh, twice. It did. I mean, <laughs> same, same play, two different sides. And they were wide open both times. And the second one, uh, they released like the hour long like audio on field audio of that um, of the Super Bowl, either like today or yesterday. And I watched the whole thing. And after the one to Sky Moore, they run off the field and and everybody's going crazy. And one of the coaches, I don't remember if it was like the quarterback coach or the wide receiver coach, um, runs up to Pat and's like you weren't even in the right formation. He's like, I know. <laughs> they just like saw it and it was open and, and I don't know, but it, that was crazy. Um, any, any other thoughts <laughs> about the first half or about the, the game in general, I guess. Yeah, uh, AJ Obviously. Brown still gets wide open regardless of who he's playing. That man. Yeah. Just he, he breaks coverage so well. I just, it's crazy to think about that. that even the Super Bowl people are losing him. I'll tell you what, the Chiefs came out smacking on defense, dude. They were laying yes. the wood. The first and, play of the game, I think, yeah, yeah. to Devontae Smith. Well, I think it was a pass out to Miles Sanders in the flats, and they just drove him back like four yards. And yeah, Devontae Smith got leveled a few times, which really made you realize, oh, yeah, he's he's 170 pounds. 
<laughs> he's, he still he's went up, seven for a hundred yards though. Yeah, yeah. He's giving up 30 pounds to everybody else on the field. Um, but I mean, obviously two more things I want to mention real quick before we get too deep into this. What did you guys think of the field conditions? Yeah, I think that they really overplayed their hand uh, trying to get this turf, this grass, whatever it is to be the next thing. But I mean, when you've got that many guys slipping and sliding, and then I think the entire Eagles team pretty much changed their shoes at halftime as well as the majority of the Chiefs. So, I mean, whenever you've got that and people are still slipping and sliding, uh, that, that's just unacceptable. They've, they've got to do better with the field conditions, and they can't go back to that stuff. It was a, a very expensive trial, but uh, that's, that's just not going to cut it. I mean, the, yep. the, the injury risk with that kind of condition is so high. You know, both teams have to play on it, and I think that's, you know, end of discussion. It did – it's not great, but, like, you know, both teams have to play on the same field. So, you can't, like, put an asterisk or anything next to the Chiefs win just because of the field conditions. Um, I saw in that uh, audio that I was talking about, Travis Kelsey mentioned, hey, it's like slippery on the paint. And so, I wonder if it was something with – the turf and the paint i don't i don't you can look back and see if most people were only slipping on the paint or if it was just on the grass um i don't know i'm sure i'm sure somebody's taking a deep look into that everybody overanalyzes everything with the super bowl right. so you can find probably a stat of exactly what blade of grass everybody slipped on um, uh, and by no way am i saying that you know it was an unfair advantage either way. Yeah, both teams yeah. had to play on it. It just sucks that oh. the the field conditions did kind of suck. Um, even though I don't think it really played a hand in too many like crucial plays. I was just, you know, it was obvious that guys were slipping and sliding all over the place. The only big like moment I remember it coming into a factor was like a Kenneth Gamewell run on third and short, and he slipped. Oh, yeah. He slipped right on midfield. That's, right yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the only one I can remember that was like, oh, that that kind of sucks. Like, they, he slipped, and he had a chance to get a first down on a third down there. Yeah. Um, and then one more thing I wanted to ask you guys. Thoughts on the halftime show? I was a little underwhelmed. I mean, she picked all the right songs and stuff to play. But as soon as I heard Run This Town come on, and I knew Jay-Z was in the building because everyone saw that get posted beforehand. Man, couldn't she have brought someone else out for that? Man, that just would have been so much better. What was, uh, wasn't there a bunch of hype about there being another person like coming out? So it was her uh, pregnancy announcement. Oh, that's what that's, it was. That's what it was, yeah. That, that was what all the hype was about the, the special guest star. At least that's what Makes I'm sense. assuming. Yeah. Did she, but, uh, uh, didn't she already have ASAP Rocky's kid? Yeah, yes. it was last May. Last May, last May. March. Sometime is, last year. Is this also ASAP Rocky's kid? I don't have the details on that. You don't have a, a DNA test or anything? I don't. No, no paternity test yet. Uh, sorry, I can't get that information for you, Billy. Yeah, it's just poor research. It's okay. We'll have our lawyers reach out to her lawyers and maybe yeah, we can get see a statement. If, see if they have a comment. Maybe the baby watch something to say. <laughs> but yeah, I just felt a little underwhelming. I mean, uh, it, it passed halftime show. I mean, no, she did a great job. I'm not going to say anything bad about Rihanna. I know better than that. But uh, I mean, just after last year's amazing performance from, you know, Dr. Dre. Eminem, Snoop Dogg, all those guys. And then we had The weekend a few years ago who put on a great show. I mean, even back a little bit before that, you got, you know, Katy Perry who got you know carried by Left Shark a little bit, but mm-hmm. still absolutely just, just some absolutely great performances. And then you've got the uh, a bunch of marshmallow-looking men dancing around Rihanna the whole time. It just felt a little lackluster. I wasn't a big a fan of, of The weekend's Super Bowl performance. I definitely would say I liked – Rihanna's a little bit more than the weekends, but like this doesn't touch last year's or like the Shakira J Lo one. Oh, I think yes. those are absolute cut above. I think this one is kind of on that same level of the um weekend and Katy Perry. I think those are all kind of similar similar levels. 
It is way above that Maroon 5 one from whenever. <laughs> that one was awful. Yeah, that one was by far the worst Super Bowl halftime show I've ever seen. Um, A little more on the game. Okay. You always hear, you know, defense wins championships. And coming into this game, the Eagles were known to have the better defense. But it was Kansas City's defense who really stepped up. They had a scoop and score, which Jalen Hurts just kind of dropped the ball. It really wasn't anything induced. Obviously, he was kind of like getting pressure on him. And I don't know if it looked like he might have been trying to tuck the ball when it happened. Not exactly sure. But, you know, Nick Bolton just grabs it and walks it in. Almost had a second touchdown um, that was ruled an incomplete pass. And then special teams, the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. An absolutely botched punt by the Eagles punter. Um, if you watch like what the Eagles were doing on that punt, it was clear the ball was supposed to go left and it went short right. Um, everybody, both gunners, uh, the gunner on the right side took an inside, you know, release, the gunner on the left side took an outside release, like the centers when he snapped it, he you know took off a little bit left, like everybody it was meant to be left and it went right. And that set up just that wall that you saw Darius Tony run behind. And uh, I think it was actually the punter who, t- who made the tackle on like the five yard line, but he, he was down there and he was in the mix, but I mean, it was, yeah, it was definitely a blown play, uh, which you really can't have in, in that situation, in the Super Bowl, especially because that was, that was the touchdown that brought them within one score. That was that was I the believe. one that put them in the lead. I think that, that gave them the lead. I couldn't remember if it tied them or or what, but yeah, I but yeah. I mean that it in that crucial moment, you've got to be firing on all cylinders and working with your team. And whenever you have a mistake that big, I mean, giving them all the way to the five, basically put it in the end zone already at that point. So I mean, it was just a a, a bad bad move this late in the season when you know you've got to be firing on. I mean, in the Super Bowl, you've got to play perfect to win for the most part. You're playing against the the other best team in the league. And so a mistake like that on special teams can definitely be a difference maker. And we saw that that was one of the, the difference makers in the game. Yeah, people forget how big of an impact a misguided punt can, you know, lead to a huge return and, and give a team, you know, first and goal. And obviously we saw it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just something that you can't have. I mean, obviously you're you're aiming to punt this ball to the left and you kick it short right. A low-line drive punt is like the worst thing you can do. But then you also kick it in the wrong direction. That just compounds on top of each other. And with a guy like Kadarius Tony who can shake you out of a phone booth, like <laughs> – those uh, th- those guys kind of had him dead to rights, but when you got a yeah. weapon like that back there, yeah, and you know you get him in the open field one on one, especially in a, like a, a misguided punt situation on a wet field or slippery on a, field, yeah, yeah. field like that's the last thing you need in a tight game for the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, another big play that was lost me a bet. Honestly, uh, was Harrison Bucker missing the kick? In the oh, first yeah. half, I had him over one and a half field goals, so uh, that one hurt on a three leg parlay. Uh, but yeah, uh, so special teams, you know, it's a part of the game that people forget is crucial, and we saw that happen. Okay, if if we're gonna bring up parlays, I've got some parlays to bring up. Yeah, Austin, how many parlays did you put down? I don't think we have time to go through. <laughs> no, we don't have time <laughs> to go through all of them. <laughs> so um, I had a, an experiment on uh, the Sleeper app. You can do like the the parlays up to eight players more than you can like underdog or prize picks or anything. We're not you know sponsored by any of these guys. I like to use all of them. Uh, but I had a little extra cash left over in my Sleeper one and they had, you know, a bonus like you know, put 50 in, get 50, whatever. And so I decided I was going to place 110 bets because I had $110 and you can do $1 bets there. I got 36 bets in and then they upped it to $2 because I was making too many $1 bets and they got scared. So uh, I only got 73 off, but it was $110 worth, almost exactly half and half somehow that just worked out that way. 
73 total bets, all eight leggers. I lost them all. Which is what you expect when you make a, a you know eight leg parlays. You don't expect to hit any of them, but when you make seventy three of them, you do hope you hit one of them. I hit seven out of eight on four of them. Uh, one of them was a Harrison Butker field goal away from hitting. Uh, one of them was a Pat Mahomes pick away from hitting. I had a few of them that were super close, um, but yeah. I, Four, seven out of eight. I only had one of them miss seven out of eight, and I didn't miss eight out of eight on any. So I was actually in the positive. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this up. I've got I've got the spreadsheet. I may, I put these all on a spreadsheet. If you know me in real life, you're not surprised by this one bit. Uh, I had 276 missed bets, 307 hit bets. So listen, I'm I'm in the net positive by like 30. So I, I think that's pretty solid. And then I did have one push. The one that pushed was Travis Kelsey, uh, 20.1 fantasy points. And that's exactly what he hit. Um, I so had that... that line moved a lot. And I happened to just take one of them. That was exactly that. I met, he had the line started out at like 20.3. And then by the end of it, it was like 19.7 or something like that. So yeah, that Harrison Butker kick cost all of us money because I would have won 25 bucks on the uh, the quarter, uh, you know, where everyone puts in a dollar per square. I would have won yeah. 25 bucks if he had hit that kick. So uh, it, it cost us all money. <sighs> yeah, that, that, that's upsetting. I like um, Hertz. Oh, Hertz under 20.5 completions missed me one of them, too. That was a tough one to miss. He, he was slinging it good. No, oh like no, he had like twenty six, or yeah, he 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 beat that by a ways. Uh, my was, worst, he was twenty seven to thirty eight. My worst bet, <laughs> if you want to hear the one where I missed seven out of eight, uh, Mahomes under interception, one interceptions, Kelsey under fantasy points, nineteen point six, Pacheco under fifty rushing yards, Elliott under one and a half field goal made, McKinnon under forty five total yards. Uh, Devontae Smith under 62 and a half uh, total yards. Quez Watkins over 11 and a half receiving yards. And then the one that hit there was AJ Brown over receiving yards. That was my one. That was just a complete and utter whiff. I did pretty well other than that. Um, I was actually net positive on the day, though, from my other bets that weren't just dumb eight leg parlays. As you remember from last week. I had an absolute lock. The easiest bet that's ever been laid ever was uh, Tommy Townsend, the the Chiefs punter, to go under one and a half uh, punts of 50 yards. Absolute lock. Uh, I accidentally put him over in one of my bets, and that was the only one that missed. So I would have been up a lot because that was like $150 I missed out on because I accidentally clicked the O instead of the U. Um, so, yeah, that sucks. But uh, I'm I that was that was a really good bet by me. I felt super confident about it. I played it in a lot of my bets, and uh, I ended up being up on the day because of that bet. Really. Now, uh, what prop bets did y'all put on? You know, we're all gambling on you know Gatorade color over under on the national anthem. Anything what like that. was the Gatorade color? I don't. I didn't even look. I never even saw it. Uh, they it they didn't purple. show. Purple. 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 That had wow. to have been a way underdog. There's no way that's yeah. one. Let me double that, check. That payout would have been massive, I bet. This year's winner was purple at plus 1,600. Plus 1,600. <laughs> Jesus. That's on one website I see. What I mean, the, the favorites Draft are obviously Kings, blue and yellow. DraftKings had them at plus 750. For okay, purple. yeah, that's that's more like what I would expect. Jeez, plus someone got a massive payout. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh that's fun. Um, um, what did the national anthem end up clocking in? Whenever I clocked under. it, whenever I clocked it myself, I had like two hundred two point nine seven or something. I think it was like right at two flat. I think it was closer to. Okay, I, I never know like... when they actually start the timer, the official timer for that. Yeah. So MGM had the odds at plus sixteen hundred. 
Jeez. The favorite was yellow green at plus 110. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Did you do heads or tails, Austin? No, I'm not a heads or tails better. Uh, the only thing I, I did was what we talked about, the over-under uh, jersey number. Under hit. Let's go. Big. Big yeah. for me. No, I didn't do any really uh, other prop bets. I did have, hold on, let me pull up my picks for the game, actually. I've never been a uh, a national anthem or a uh, coin flip better. The national anthem was a really good performance. Nick Sirianni yeah. crying to it. That yes. was that was cool. I almost started crying. <laughs> I won. So as far as bets go, my one five-legger. I didn't go crazy like Austin. Um, a one five legger did not work out. I had Patrick Mahomes over half an interception. Kenneth Gainwell over one and a half receptions, which hit Pacheco lower than 49 and a half rushing yards. McKinnon lower than 18 and a half rushing yards. And then Sky Moore over seven and a half receiving yards, which he had gone over in every playoff game. He had four. So uh, that didn't hit. My lock was a bonus. My lock, you know, a little like insurance, I guess, was a, a underdog gave a bonus of Jalen Hurts higher than half a yard. And then I went with Justin Watson under 14 and a half receiving yards. And so his oh, that. Of the day <laughs> yeah. screwed me. And then I also had a, Patrick Mahomes under 39 and a half passing yards, which hit or attempts, which hit Kelsey higher than half a touchdown and Gainwell higher than four and a half rushing attempts. And then obviously the Butker higher than one and a half field goals did not hit for me, but that's all I really did. I didn't really go too hard on the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I won't do that again. It was just a, a one-time thing. I, I really planned on taking all my money out of those kind of deals. I'm going to put some money into like season long MLB, but I'm not doing any like football seasons done. Uh, I don't bet on basketball because I suck at it. So I'm done betting on the NBA and I'm just going to throw some, uh, some fun like MLB ones uh, and then kind of chill until next football season, probably. We've got okay, some uh, AFL, XFL, whichever one it is. It's starting up here in a few weeks. Oh, hell no. I'm not betting on that. <laughs> no, uh, not a off, chance. Off topic, if you had to put a future bet down on a World Series winner right now, who would it be? A- Atlanta, baby. ATL? ATL yeah. is not a bad one. Connor, are you riding with the Red Sox? God, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to be able to confidently say that we're gonna do better than last place in the AL East this year, but I just can't do it. Too too much has to go right this season for us not to be last. We'll get to a lot of baseball content. We've got a lot lined up. Uh, we want to do like you know our same kind of predictions that we did before the NFL season, where we're predicting the winners of every division yeah. and and all that stuff. Um, we don't really do any fancy baseball. And we haven't really talked about maybe starting that up. I I don't see that happening. Um, I think we've but, all been in separate leagues before, but we never yeah, had a big league. Yeah, and I don't think I'm going to play it all this year. I think I'm going to focus on um, dynasty fantasy football, and uh, I'm doing uh, you know draft rankings, and we're going to have a lot of that side of, sort of content uh, about you know prospects and and dynasty fantasy football. So. Um, that'll come up a lot. Baseball will be coming up a lot. We still the show's still going on. Just because football season's over doesn't mean the podcast's over. We're a uh, year-round all sports podcast. We just like football a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one obvious thing that we have not talked about yet: James Bradbury. I was waiting. Call on Juju. What are your guys' thoughts? Because that sealed the game. At that point in the game, I mean, I, yeah, he admitted he grabbed him a little, but even just watching the I mean, I watched that clip uh, probably 10, 15 times, and it was not a very noticeable hold, really. 
So, I mean, I, I think at that point in the game, you kind of let them play, especially in that situation. And a ball that was well overthrown anyway. I mean, it's it's a tough call. It is what it is at the end of the day. But, I mean, that just – you hate to lose it on that when both teams have a chance to, you know, score at the end of the game. You know, both defenses are playing well. Both offenses have been moving the ball a game. And then to kind of – for the refs to put it in their own hands and say, yep, this is what happened on a – Really, what I thought was a 50-50 call uh, to begin with. I just I, – I don't like it. I don't like the game coming down to that. Uh, obviously, it was the right call since he admitted it, but I just it, – it coming down to a referee play at the end of the day, I just don't – or well, people at least being able to point to that as being the answer. But, I mean, you know, the, the defense kind of fell apart in the second half of the Eagles anyway, which hurt them a lot more than just that play. I mean, obviously, that's not what you want to to seal the deal, but uh, it was the correct call. You, he clearly held him. Um, I think if he wasn't held, Juju might have been able to get open earlier and you know catch a nice ball on the throw to the you know the outside towards the boundary. But uh, he was held, slowed down, and it it wasn't egregious. It was just a, a slight jersey tug, but that's all it takes. What is interesting. Uh, that some people have pointed out and that I noticed afterwards is there looked like there was an illegal hands to the face in the, uh, on the offensive line on that same play on the left side. I, could, I don't remember if it was the guard or the tackle for the chiefs, um, but there was an illegal hands to the face. And I don't know if those are offsetting penalties or what, but I think that would have been perfect if both of those would have been seen. And if those would have been offsetting penalties, I think that would have been a chaotic, like, ending to the game that would have been even better yeah i mean obviously nobody likes when the refs get too involved in too serious of moments but i guess that's the right call there it sucks because you know they kind of let them play it was a very clean game uh throughout there wasn't very many penalties and james bradbury got away with a much more obvious holding call on juju or pass interference call on juju in the first half uh as a little crosser out across the middle and he basically turned them all the way around and there was no flag. It was a third down play. It was, you know, big play. Obviously Juju doesn't catch it. Um, My question is, and I'm not sure, I know on pass interference, they can call the flag off if the ball is uncatchable. Does that apply to a holding call as well? No, not nope. uh, a holding penalty has nothing to do with the pass. Uh, There yeah. can be a holding. You can have a holding on a ball that was thrown to the opposite side of the field. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, you're saying that they prevented him from getting open. So the ball wouldn't go there anyways. Yeah. Like right. it's kind of the deal with a holding. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, tough call. It was very nitpicky, I think, Uh, you know, but I guess it's the right call and uh, it just sucks that the refs had to get involved to kind of put this game away after such a great game. Uh, but it is what it is. I mean, they're out there to do their job, and that's what he did. He threw the flag on it and can't change it now. So, uh, I thought the officiating was really good. Um, though the rest of the game, um, they went to like replays every time that it looked like there was a, a ball that was maybe or maybe not caught, and I thought they got all of them right. Uh, there was the Dallas Goddard one that was later in the game where he like kind of bobbled it, but grabbed yeah. it just as his back foot was coming off the ground. So technically, yes, he did get both feet. That was a great call. As soon as I saw it, I was like, no, he didn't. And then, you know, they showed it and that showed that he had his back foot still on the ground. And so I agreed with that one. And then the, the one Devante. that some people didn't agree with was the Devonte one. And that was the one where the, um, who who's the fish official in like the, the booth that always talks to the guys. Oh yeah, Gene What's his... Sterator. Yeah, was it Gene? I don't it think wasn't Gene. Gene's... No, Gene's a different. Yes. Yeah, Gene CBS. It's a different. Oh, uh, Joe Tessitore. No, he's just a commentator. It wasn't Dan uh... Blandino. Was it? I think it might have been. No, it was Mike Pereira. Isn't Mike, Pereira was? Yeah. Mike Pereira. Yeah, Mike Pereira. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Mike Pereira had disagreed with the first one because uh, he said you couldn't tell if the ball had like moved enough but i i definitely thought it did and they overturned it and yeah. said it was an incomplete i thought pass. the Devontae one was 
pretty obvious that yeah i did too i, I didn't think disagreed. that was a catch yeah Pereira disagreed but um whatever he doesn't know what he's talking about clearly right um that's why he's on the field <laughs> <laughs> um so let's get to the more interesting part of that penalty call the twitter beef the twitter beef, the twitter I, beef. I was about to bring that up <laughs> um Juju started it with absolutely hilarious uh, Valentine's Day post. I'll hold you when it matters most with the picture. Yep. I love those like Valentine's Day cards. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're um, great. Yeah. And AJ Brown took it to heart, took it personal and tried to tried to clown on uh, Juju. Um. What was y'all's thoughts on that? Who who well, did you see? Uh, did you see CJ Gardner Johnson's? Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that was the best response to it. I had I had twice the amount of picks as you did touchdowns this season. Maybe I should switch to wide receiver. Yeah. That's a Chauncey's a trash talker though. He does that all day long. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> he is he is trash talk Hall of Fame. Yeah, when he mean mugged Tom Brady <laughs> with the Saints. But uh anyway, yeah, I think you know, obviously I like Juju's response where he said to AJ Brown, you know, now help me pick out which figure I should get fitted for this ring or something like that. Um yeah, I mean it's just Twitter beef. And I saw I don't know if this was real or not, but I saw somebody uh, there was a post that apparently James Bradbury made, but it said it had been deleted. So I don't know if it was somebody edited it or not. And he tweeted at Eli Apple, and he was like, "I see how you do it." Oh, now. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if that was real or not, but I did that, see that. I, don't I was like, "Didn't see that one." <laughs> this villain arc is here. But I mean, Twitter beef is what it is. It's just Twitter beef. I mean, all these dudes want to act like they're all you know tough and everything, like. Nothing's ever going to come of it, you know, except, you know, maybe some skirmishes on the field. But, like, it is what This it isn't is, like man. Mike Evans and uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn no, Lattimore. It's not, <laughs> no, not uh, beef. Like Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan. Crabtree and, and uh, Aqib Tlaib. And Tlaib yeah. dude, yeah. I think Crabtree and Tlaib was my favorite. That was a great one. What happened uh, to Michael Crabtree? That dude just, like, disappeared. Well, like, you I see, don't... they tried him with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, <laughs> and uh, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where he went after he was in Oakland because yeah, I know I he went I, somewhere. I haven't. I just yeah. he was yeah, just like there, and then he was gone. I'm about to look it up. Y'all give me guesses on when you think Michael Crabtree retired. I'm gonna guess he officially retired in 2018. I was gonna say like 2020. Oh, 2020, really? Yeah. I haven't heard that man's name since like 2016. Austin, what did you say? You said 2018. I think that's when he. Corey, you said 2020. Yeah, his last year played was 2019. Oh, we split it. Well, he probably well he probably didn't officially retire until 2020. Then who who what team was he on in in 19? So he started out, you know, San Francisco from 09 to 14. Then he went to Oakland from 2015 to 2017. Then he played for the Ravens for one year in 2018. Which I th- vaguely I do remember, remember that. I do I remember. I completely that. forgot about that. Any guesses on his last team? Houston. I'm gonna go with like the Cardinals. Connor drills it. It was the Arizona Cardinals in 2019. Mm-hmm. So he signed with the Cardinals on August 21st of 2019, and he was released almost exactly a month later, <laughs> September 23rd, 2019. So. Damn. Did he have a good year in Baltimore in 18? Did he do anything? 2018, he started 16 games and had 607 yards, three touchdowns. Okay, so not really. He only had two career years over 1,000 yards. Really? I mean, yeah. that, like I said, I, I always pictured him like an 850 to 1,000 guy. Uh, he wasn't, he was never like, because he was had Amari Cooper there for like the majority of his career, and just and he was never really that good in San Francisco. I don't think. Yeah, but Amari Cooper dropped like everything did. in Oakland. I feel like That's he true. did drop a lot in Oakland. Speaking of Michael Crabtree and the then Oakland Raiders, 
Um, Derek Carr has been officially released. Yeah, I guess I'm, everybody I'm kind surprised. of saw it coming. Yeah, but um, I mean, he did say he didn't want to be traded to any team. <laughs> well, yeah, he had a no, he had a no trade clause. Yeah, but he, uh, a report came out that he was like, I specifically don't want to go to the Saints or any other team. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah where do y'all see him ending up i mean is he i mean he's gonna get signed he's obviously better than at least three or four guys who started last year in the nfl right i could see him going to the colts i could see him going to tampa as a short-term replacement there that's uh, interesting never even thought of tampa i mean yeah, with tom gone i was it, thinking it, one of the other two nfc south teams that need a quarterback <laughs> I mean, technically, they all four need a yeah, quarterback, but of one of them, one of them's got a few. Excuse me, one of them's got a few options. So, I, I kind of, my guess is Panthers. I think he ends up in Carolina. And there See, are really a place, lot of landing spots. Yeah, one place I I've been thinking about for him is uh, the Commanders. Oh, Obviously, yeah. that's a going to be a pretty tough division with the Cowboys and the Eagles there. Now, you know, the Giants as well. But are they really going to stick with Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke? No, neither. Did y'all watch uh, Taylor Heineke on the Pat McAfee show? No, I didn't see that. They, um, yeah, but it was like the day before the Super Bowl, Taylor, uh, they were, you know, McAfee was on uh, Radio Row or whatever they call it at the Super Bowl. And he had just all sorts of guests on. It, It was a, it was a, Good fun to watch for those couple of days. I mean, he had Sean Payton on, and but one of the guys was Taylor Heineke, and um, Heineke obviously is a free agent, and so he's like trying to work out you know a deal or whatever to come back um, to the Commanders. But he also is like, I want to go start somewhere, and he's like, I just don't know if I'm going to end up starting because uh, apparently they believe Sam Howell is that dude. He had a really good game on the last game of the season. And mm-hmm. according to Heineke, he was balling out in practice like every week, just making incredible throws. Um, McAfee was like, hey, that's like the kind of same thing that they did with Mahomes. And Heineke was like, whoa, we'll pump the brakes there. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he was like that dude, like he's he deserves a shot to, to start a quarterback. And so I think I think the commanders could roll out with with Sam Howell, the chicken man. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, yeah. He did look good in his last game. And, uh, you know, preseason, he looked pretty good as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, very a... small sample size. And, you know, in the some of those games, you know, especially week 18, probably not facing all the starters. Can't remember who they played. But um, what were you going to say, Freed? I mean, remember him coming out of UNC. His After his junior year, he was legitimately considered a first-round pick. Like he was insane. And then he came back for a senior year, but he'd lost all of his weapons. Um, and I think he was vastly overlooked because of that fall between his junior and senior year, where if he plays, you know, up to his potential, he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I firmly believe that. Well, and like you said, he lost almost all of his weapons yeah. going into that senior year. So it just kind of was a, a rough spot for him, but I don't blame him for not wanting to go into that class with, you know, Trevor Lawrence and those guys. So it might've been a smarter move on him, but it ended up hurting him in the long run. Yeah. Um, Connor, I do like what you said about the Indianapolis uh, move for Derek Carr. You know, Indianapolis has been trying to find their next quarterback or, you know, bridging the gap for the last mm-hmm. three, four years, ever since, well, longer than that, ever since Andrew Luck retired. Yep. Uh, you know, they've gone from Brissett to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. You know, they've had all these guys there. But I think Derek Carr has still got some gas left in the tank. And uh, that's a very winnable division still. I know Jacksonville looks good, but they're still a very young team. That's still a very winnable uh, division down there. Now they got the new head coach, um, the Eagles OC. So, yeah, that was uh, a really good hire. Both both of the Eagles coordinators got hired immediately after the Super Bowl. Yeah, not not I mean, shocking at all, honestly. It's not no. 
What's still shocking to me is that Eric Bieniemy still does not have a head coaching job in the NFL. He, he must just not, not want, want it. one at yeah. this point. Yeah, he must be happy in KC coaching up the I best mean, quarterback of this generation. I mean, which, I'd be pretty happy with that I mean, too. <laughs> he's probably also got a pretty with, easy job. <laughs> yeah. Also, with everybody saying that Andy Reid's going to retire soon, I wonder if he's just waiting to hold out for that head coaching gig. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking. What he's doing. Yeah. You think Andy Reid makes like the uh um what was uh the guy from Tampa who just quit to be in their front office? Bruce Arian? Yeah, Bruce uh, Arians. I wonder yeah. if he goes like the way of Bruce Arians and like just like moves to the front office and then the enemy steps up to the head coach. I think I could see that happening. Like I could see that too. Two. Yeah, I agree. Being more like the GM instead of the head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad move for the Chiefs overall. Yeah. So what what are your outlook for the for the Colts then? Like if you're you're the Colts GM, you just hired your coordinator for the future or your head coach for the future, rather the from you know the Eagles former offensive coordinator. You've got to find a quarterback. You've got so many pieces as a team. What do you do with your pick? You've got the third pick, I want to say. It's a top five pick. I can't remember. It's three, four, or five. Um, do you try and trade up and get Young or Stroud, or do you take Will Levis if he falls to you, or even Anthony Richardson, who's definitely not ready to? If if you get if you get Anthony Richardson, you're also taking Derek Carr for a year or two because Richardson's not ready to play quarterback in the NFL. Right. Um. He he needs a year or two to develop, but. Um, I could see them landing Carr, and then either going with Richardson, you know, for the future, or just saying, "Hey, Carr is going to be our guy for the next few years. We're going to draft a, you know, a defensive player or another offensive lineman or something to kind of shore up that O line that was pretty bad this year." I could even see them taking Carr and then Levinson and having him sit behind him for a year. You know, put Carr on a one year contract coach him up, uh, train him up, you know, maybe if, you know, if he plays super well, earn the spot and continues to kind of groom Levinson behind him. But I could see him doing it either way with, with both of those potential picks uh, with yeah. Derek Carr. But I think if you trade up and go after CJ or Bryce, then you're not going to take Carr in that situation. Yeah, yeah, no. you, you've got to, you've got those start two guys, that. those two guys are walking into their, into the NFL starting quarterback. Yeah. I think they're going well, whatever team they're going to, they are not competing for a, a one, one of them is starting for the Houston Texans next year. Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess we should talk about the uh the, the other Eagles coordinator who just got hired in uh, Arizona. John yeah, maybe did. I'm saying maybe it's a good thing that they took a more defensive minded head coach. I mean, you gotta think they're they're losing some pretty key defensive weapons especially in jj watt so having someone come in that can help kind of rebuild that uh shore it up a bit more i mean you've got kyler murray who can be great you know we've seen it in bits and pieces but you know once that new cod comes out it typically falls off so yeah, uh, well, you, you look at what they've lost defensively over the past few years you know starting with uh, Patrick, yeah then you go jj watt you also lost hassan reddick and chandler jones so, I mean, a lot along that defensive front needs to be replaced. But they'll do that with the draft. I mean, they have a top three pick, so it's either going to be Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, whichever one they want. And uh, go from there. They've missed on a couple guys lately in the draft, too, defensively. So, they need to get that fixed because there's some decent offenses out there in the NFC West. So, uh, and obviously, that'll be a priority with uh, Gannon now running the ship. Yeah. I think that's probably what they were thinking to get that defensive-minded guy in there to to shore that up because that is definitely their weak side of the ball. I'll tell you, though, I don't love the outlook for the Cardinals. I don't either. I just – it doesn't look like Kyler's ever going to take that next step and develop into what he can be. He's got all the talent there, but – I just don't know if he's going to ever step into the role of, you know, a top, you know, eight quarterback year after year. 
So even if Kyler does take this next step, you know, whatever that may be, you got to look at, you know, what you have offensively in reloading that because you have an aging DeAndre Hopkins. Um, your wide receiver, too. I've heard DeAndre Hopkins might be gone. Yeah. Then you also have Greg Dortch, who I guess is your wide receiver, too, at this point. What about tight end uh, Zach Ertz Brown? Is getting up there. Oh, Marquise Brown. I forgot about Marquise Brown. But Zach Ertz is getting up there. You drafted Trey McBride, so there's another tight end. The offensive line has some issues. Running back, I mean, James Conner, he's obviously had some some injury issues and just, you know, questionable productivity when you're not on the goal line. And then defensively, we, we mentioned it. You know, I just don't love the outlook as well as, you know, what the 49ers <laughs> being in that conference. And then the Rams are kind of a wild card right now. They got to get everybody back healthy. And then the Seahawks are definitely a wild card, you know, going out and doing what they did this year with Geno Smith. So I just don't love the outlook for the next two, three years for the Cardinals. They do have the third pick in this draft. Yeah. I think there's a good chance they get, I mean, definitely there's a, there's a, for me, a clear top three picks. Two of them are defensive players and one of them is quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to have a quarterback. They're not going to want a quarterback. So I think they're either going to be able to trade down and get a package for that third pick to where someone who wants to come up and jump ahead and, and take a quarterback ahead of those guys, or they're going to take Will Anderson, who I think is the kind of shoe-in third overall pick for me, um, which I I would love that draft pick for them. Yeah, he, I, I've watched a lot of his – games uh he's just a beast up there so I, I think that'd be a good pick for them especially shoring up that uh that pass rush yeah i mean playing uh isaac uh or isaiah not I, I, isaiah uh what's his simmons yeah thank you he finally kind of had a a good year he's yeah. been kind of uh not showed up for the first few years of his career but i think they had him playing a little more safety this year yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. What's tough for him is he he's kind of like that hybrid position, and he's I don't think he's ever really mastered one. So like in the NFL, you have to master something. Yeah, and I feel like you know in college he was so versatile, but then you get to the NFL and it's like okay, where do we put this guy? He's a, he's a freak athletically, but you know where does he fit in? So yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would really love that for them. Um, so I think that's where they go, and they they have. Almost all their draft picks. Um, I was looking at which ones they are missing this year, and I think the only one they're missing is like their third rounder or their fourth rounder. Their fourth round. No, one, two, three, four, five, six. No, their seventh. They're missing their seventh, but they have another additional six. Um, so for a comp- uh, compensatory pick. So yeah, I. I they could rebuild. I, I don't think they have the the worst outlook of all the teams heading into the next season. I think for me, uh, just the the worst future of any team right now has got to be the Saints for me. Yeah, they don't have an answer at quarterback. They don't have any cap space. Um, they really just don't have one single position room that's plus right now. Alvin Kamara just got indicted by a grand jury. He's going to be going to trial for uh aggravated assault or whatever it was um it was a it was conspiracy to commit battery and battery that caused uh substantial bodily harm yeah so um he could be out of the nfl like just nick just never see the nfl again (laughs) realistically um and and yeah that's now they just have chris olave and they're gonna have Right now, their quarterback is Jameis Winston because Andy Dalton is a free agent. We'll see what they do. Um, Taysom Hill's still hanging around. Taysom yeah. Hill is still hanging around. That Making a lot is of money. a fact. Taysom Hill to the Broncos. Call in it now. Sean, Sean in. Payton. Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. Just in that area of the country, I feel like he would fit in. Yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, I think that would be interesting. Uh, Sean Payton's got to get his guy. 
I feel like the Saints <laughs> do have a a pretty bleak. Uh, they have been kicking the can down the road for like <laughs> five years now with their cap hit, and they have the most creative uh guys in the front office who just find out ways to to stay under the cap and it's snowballed and now they're just in a situation where i think next year they should go oh and 17 like i think that's what they need to do next year they need to just completely punt not make a single move this offseason don't sign a single free agent um if you have to have Jameis winston as your nickel corner so be it like just go, don't win a single game, secure the first pick, um, you know, and then hope, you know, in two years from now, you'll have a squad that can go out and win the games. Because if you if they just, they either have to do that or they're going to stay a team that's going to win between two and five games every season until like something, a miracle happens either way. Like they're going to have to hit on a lottery at quarterback that's a rookie or whatever, or, um, you know, lose and, and just stack up draft picks and capital, but it's not a place free agents want to go now right now either. Like it's, yeah. it's just a whole mess of a situation in new Orleans. They're in my you know way too else? early rankings. They're to probably 32 for me. You know, who else has a pretty bleak outlook? I think pending one major decision this off season is green Bay because yeah. that's a hard enough place to get people to come and play anyway. Plus, you got some young guys on that defense like Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, that will be free agents, you know, the next year or so off their rookie deals. And are they going to resign in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers isn't there? You know, uh, I mean, I hey, Jordan, Lo- it's the year of Jordan Love. We'll see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we still got to wait for that darkness retreat to, to end. That's so. true. What a weird guy, man. <laughs> he is a strange man. Like he's a pretty selfish guy, I think. Like to, oh, incredibly. To bring all of this attention on himself to make these decisions year in and year out about whether or not he's gonna come back to Green Bay and then just complain about being in Green Bay. Like you gotta just be over it at some point as a Packers fan or Packers owner because they're the team in the NFL that's whatever owned by the fans or some yeah shareholders like and stuff yeah like just run a team like a normal team man, and make some freaking decisions good right. is a, one of the worst gms in football that's for sure on your way too early uh 2023 nfl season power rankings who are your top three teams like we're your, your top two in each conference let's do that the cleveland browns our number okay, one I like it. Board. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you got to start off with Kansas City, man. Yeah, I agree. They, they've still got everything there. They've still got Pat Mahomes. They've still got Travis Kelsey. They've still got Andy Reid. As far as they got that, you know, they're top three, top five, easy. 100%. Okay, so who's your other AFC team? My other AFC team? Let's see. I'd have to go Cincinnati. Yep. Yeah, that's that's who I'm going with as well. Same. I gotta go Cincinnati. The big question about them is what they're gonna do with all these free agents they're gonna have coming up. A lot of impactful guys are gonna be free agents in the next few years or up for contract extensions. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Jesse Bates, Joe Mixon's a free agent now. You know, you got all these guys that are impact players gonna be free agents and they're gonna have to move some money around. They're gonna have to let some people walk because not everybody's gonna be able to stay and get the money yep. that they want. So that's going to be the big question with Cincinnati. Uh, NFC-wise, uh, Eagles. Yep, I like the Eagles. Yeah. And now this, like is, this is the tough one, the, the second yeah. one. <laughs> because there are four teams you could put here, I think. You think? At least three. So – my second team, I'm going to go and say San Francisco. Yep. That's, can't I mean, complain there. Yeah. Top four yeah. teams this year, I think. Those were the top four teams. This, that was the, the, yeah. Those were the conference championship games. Just, yeah. Uh, obviously, huge question. What do the Niners do at quarterback? 
Is Trey Lance going to be the guy? Is Brock Purdy going to come back and and keep the job? <laughs> Will they bring back Jimmy G? <laughs> like <laughs> huge questions that they got to answer at quarterback. So, but they got such a talented roster, man. And I still think their window is pretty big. Yeah, they've got a few years left on that window. The other team I'm considering the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Brian Flores coming in as the D coordinator is going to be really good for them. I think he's a guy that the players are going to like. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but they need to make some changes on the defense side of the ball uh, because the offense was there last year and the defense just let them down in too many spots. Uh, they're the reason that they had to win so many one-possession games. So, uh, yeah. but they're they're in a very winnable division, I think. Sneaky pick, the Detroit Lions, man. Mm. Yeah, now, okay. I wouldn't put them as far as you know top four, but they're going to be. I think they're a wild card team this year, this upcoming year. Yeah, but also I want to know who would be your four NFC teams. Okay, so one is the Eagles. You mentioned two of them the Vikings and the 49ers. I would have the Vikings ahead of the 49ers. Uh, like you said, I think Brian Flores is a huge different ma- difference maker. You're going to be seeing a lot more blitzing coming from the Vikings, um, a lot more man coverage. You, they just got to get guys back there who can um, cover. I think Brian Flores is going to put this team in uh, the right defensive matchups. And I, I think the Vikings are going to be a real force if they can hold teams to score less than, you know, 27 points a game or whatever, something ridiculous. Um, and then the other last team is the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. That's just, they're ridiculously good. Uh, Dak Prescott is not that guy, but um they're just so solid on defense. It's like the 49ers. They just they don't really have like a big guy uh, at quarterback that's gonna do too much. But I think Dak Prescott can do enough. Um, and Tony Pollard's a free agent. We'll see where he goes. If he's not back, that can definitely be um, detrimental to the offense. But CLM has proven himself to be a true alpha. So I like that. And uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys are gonna have a good good year next year. I can see the Cowboys having a good year, but I don't think they'll make it very far in the playoffs. I just, like you said, Dak just doesn't have it. He's shown us time and time again that he doesn't have it. And I just, I think they need to get ready to move on. Here's my thing with Dallas. I think Tony Pollard walks. They've got too much money invested in in Zeke right now to to sign Tony Pollard to what he's going to demand. Dak, like we said, just not that guy. Uh, then you got you know the rest of the offense the offensive line is aging and I just I just don't know the division's getting tougher as well but yeah I mean we'll see what the Giants, Giants can coming on as well mm-hmm. and the obviously the Giants are a bigger question mark than the Cowboys but I see the Cowboys you know maybe a game or two above 500 next year honestly no I def- I, I'm definitely Gonna have to take the over on that. Their that defense is just going to wreak that havoc defense is what's going to save them. Yeah, right. exactly. And I think their offense is good enough to to win games. It's like yeah, going to be the opposite of the Vikings last year. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to look at their schedule too. I'm not sure what their schedule looks like this year either. Yeah, have they released the schedules for this year? Yeah, they've think... released schedules. Oh, they have. Yeah, huh. well, just not who. Not when they're playing, I guess. Oh, oh, they've got okay. the opponents, just not the, yeah. the gotcha. Gotcha. Who do you want to see uh, Kansas City play week one? Isn't that always the first uh, game is like the the Thursday ring, night game? Thursday yeah. ring champion versus whoever. Who do you want to see? So I would love to see them play like the Jags or the Chargers. That could be fun. I think I want to see them play the Aaron Rodgers led Jets week one <laughs> with the with both reigning offensive rookies of the year or rookies of the year offensive I don't defense. know if will um 
Brees be back by week one, you think? Well, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson was offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, that's true. And, and Sauce yeah. Gardner was defensive. Yeah, but Brees being back is is a big part of their offense. I mean, he's yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, ACLs don't take as long as they used to anymore, but that gives them what? When did he tear it? Like week five or something. Yeah, it was like week five or six. It was pretty early on. Oh, I think I think he'll be back by then. I do too. Yeah, he's he's young. Fun. I think he'll bounce back. He's still got six more months. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'd like to see him play Miami. Hmm, that'd be fun. Get Tyreek back to KC. That would be that would be really fun as well. And then um, you know, in division, like you said, the charts would be fun. But the the Broncos with Sean Payton at the helm, I think that the Broncos could be. We said it last year. Broncos could be sneaky good. Um, or we said last year the Broncos not even sneaky. The Broncos just could be really good, and they weren't. Yeah. Um, this year I think you have to say they could be sneaky good because how bad they were this year. But I think Sean Payton's gonna get that room right. Um, and Russell has still got some game left in him, I believe. So I think that could be a fun divisional matchup as well, Week One. You know who people are sleeping on going into twenty twenty three. Who's that? The L.A. Rams. Yeah, it's just because they were so injury prone last year, and they could never really get anything going. Well, that's and yeah, that's what I'm e- saying. Even when they were healthy, they couldn't get it going. So that's that's kind of where I'm worried with them. You get Matthew Stafford back. You get a healthy Cooper Cup back. Aaron Donald, Jalen <laughs> Ramsey back. Cam Akers, who's up and down, but had a strong finish. Strong, very finish. strong finish. The only problem with the Rams is they just give away all their draft picks yeah well, let's, <laughs> so. let's look and see what uh draft picks the rams have this year what do they have over the next couple of years because i mean they have been selling out in that method for a long time they do have their um second round pick 36 overall they've got their third round pick a very nice pick 69th overall Nice. nice. And then they have one, two, three, four sixth round picks and two seventh round picks. So yeah, that's better make those. Who do you take? Uh, what position are you looking at your your second and your third draft picks there? Probably O line. I would I would say O line, and then either a safety or maybe a linebacker. They do, yeah. Wagner's getting up there in age. Maybe yeah, he's just he's just a shoe in, really. Yeah. Then, I mean, I wouldn't hate to see them get another pass catching weapon. Yeah, Allen Robinson looked pretty bad. They do need another guy. Actually, Allen Robinson's bad. Van Jefferson, yeah. but th- there. see, that's when they're gonna. I think they're gonna take at least two or three shots at receivers deep in this class with those like six round picks. Cause it's a really deep receiver class. It is. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to get a shot on a guy late with the, the receivers. I don't, I don't think you waste your, or put your second or third round pick on another receiver. So the Rams, I guess we'll have first round picks in 2024, 2025. Well, for now, like yeah, yeah. They, they already tried to get rid of him once by offering them for Brian Burns, yeah, exactly, and for Christian McCaffrey. But so what else do y'all want to hit on? Anything else importante? I think that's it. Um, yeah. next All week, next week, be prepared for some uh world baseball classic talk. I think yeah. we're gonna try and uh look at some of those matchups, look at wh- whose teams uh we like and whose teams we don't. So Super excited for that. And then uh, we got more baseball and March Madness coming up soon. Yeah. March Madness. NBA hey. All-Star break is this week. Roll Tide. Alabama looks good. Didn't they just lose the other night? We did. We lost to Tennessee. Yeah. Again? Yep. Again. <laughs> and before that, Tennessee lost on two straight buzzer beaters at the buzzer. Oh, I saw that. That yep. was crazy. Yeah. Oh, that was, Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, NBA All Star Break this weekend. College baseball starts on Friday. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's just a lot going on right now too. World Baseball Classic, Spring Training, 
then right around the corner, March Madness, NBA playoffs. Yeah. We're full swing baseball, baby. Let's go. All right, everybody. Uh, Thanks so much for for listening. Really appreciate it. Make sure to go follow our socials at Tricky Takes on Twitter. And, uh, you know, if you enjoyed, tell a friend. Uh, Let's try and grow this thing. Hit up Phantom Sports as well. Yeah, check out. Please check them out. Yeah, we appreciate you guys, and we will see you next week. Y'all take care. See you later.